The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Leo Varadkar has sparked uncertainty over a 50% promised pay cut or rather cost cut in childcare. The Taoiseach expressed concerns about a big budget package stoking inflation. CEO of Tiger Healthcare, uh, Karen Clinch, has responded with a detailed submission calling for significant change within the industry. And Karen joins me now, as does Sinead O'Moore, host of the Stretch Marks podcast. Morning, Karen. Morning, Sinead. Morning, how are you? Very good. Karen, if I could start with you, you are responsible for 19 um, facilities around the country. You employ something to the order of 380 staff in total. In terms of how you now stand with costs, particularly salary costs, is it sustainable? No, it's not sustainable. We're looking at, I suppose, a 17% increase with the ERO. So the ERO is for government set for the first time a pay scale within the industry, which we really welcomed because we want our colleagues to be paid better. But we're seeing now an 8% uplift on top of that from this month because, you know, I suppose pressures are there and inflation wages and we just can't sustain it. Core funding, which is the government funding that we receive to enable us to pay this pay scale, is not moving with the pay scale going up. And there currently are talks uh, underway to try, I suppose, and push for an increase to that ERO. But the information that's been given to the Joint Labour Committee is out of date. It's not accurate. It's not reflected of the sector. And are the pressures that you are seeing on the sector, are they common across the entire country or is there a big divide in terms of urban and rural and east and west? I suppose they are there for the whole country. However, I suppose, you know, there are significant issues that, you know, generally do. I suppose the cost of living within cities is higher. And I suppose that pushes up wage inflation for us within cities. Um, you do see a divide between the east and the west coast, but all providers are, are do have wage inflation. I suppose it's, it's just more, I suppose, concentrated in those areas. So if you were to be able to provide the kind of pay re- or kind of cost reduction that the Taoiseach or rather the government has talked about previously for parents, what would you need in terms of additional funding? Well, I suppose what we're seeing at the moment, we need government to move in line with inflation. And I suppose wage inflation is our largest, you know, it's our largest cost, 70% of our costs in our wages. However, all of our costs have gone up, our administrative costs, our hiring costs, our, you know, utilities, um, food costs, everything has gone up and government needs to understand that. The big problem is that government rely on past data to look into the future, whereas we have to be able to forecast what the future looks like and not look to the past to be able to be on top of things. And it's just government don't seem to have the ability to do that. And I suppose when they're looking at costs, they're looking at averages. Whereas the sector is very complicated, you know, you have different types of service positions, full day, sessional, you know, and you have different issues um, and we're not sitting on a level playing field. We all went into core funding where fees for parents were frozen. However, any service could have a different fee structure. So some services can compete far better on wages than other services because we're stuck at where we were pre-COVID in relation to our fees. And I suppose Seeing what um, the Taoiseach has to say today in regards to, you know, not committing to the affordable childcare scheme, as a parent, I'd be concerned about that, but I'd be more concerned about services pulling out of core funding um, to be able to pay proper wage scales. And if they pull out of core funding, what you're going to see is a huge increase of fees to parents, huge increase, probably about 25% to be able to meet these wages. 
And that's 25% on something that is already extraordinarily expensive. For many parents, it's effectively a second mortgage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's prohibitory to people being able to return to work. I mean, the affordable childcare scheme is one of the, I suppose, the most significant changes in the childcare industry. And again, it's something that we could truly welcome because for the first time it gave children, which is what this is all about, a level playing field. So it's a means tested payment, meaning any family earning under €60,000 you know, gets a, a lot of funding to be able to go to childcare, meaning parents that were never able to go back to work and go back to work or go back to education. It means that the most vulnerable children in society are getting earlier than um, intervention. And then above €60,000, this is where, you know, I suppose the universal part of that scheme comes in. But if that scheme, you know, isn't to work or if core funding, you know, people are to walk away from core funding, the most vulnerable children in our society are going to suffer again. You know, there's no point in having these policies and having this, you know, the sector building when the government then doesn't give enough money to be able to fund these programmes. Sinead O'Moore is with us as well, host of the Stretch Marks podcast. From a parent's perspective and from parents in general's perspective, how significant, A, is the cost of childcare as we now stand? And how much disappointment there you, do you think there will be that the cost will not be dropping, according to what Leo Varadkar has said? Oh, well, in line with everything that Karen just said, I mean, it's extremely worrying. And it is something that is a massive stretch for families right now to be able to pay. And again, talking about how families make decisions, families make decisions based on what they project their future to be like. So for some families, maybe deciding, can they have another child? Well, they look at those promises of those decreased childcare costs and say, well, do you know what? By the time that that is in play, our finances might be able to afford that child. It, it is it's also it's it's an investment now that yields future gains for the government it 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 has future gains for the economy for people's working income now but also their pension contributions for their career path it's what it does essentially is it locks a certain cohort of let's call it women out of returning to employment and what does that do for the long term careers and what does that do for you know the long term system of society if we feel like there's women who want to work there's an industry who really wants to engage and provide phenomenal care and have their staff be rewarded appropriately for the cost of living that we currently have because that's a concern for me in in, in my childcare setting as well i see wonderful talent leaving because they have no choice and it just feels like as a system it's entirely broken and the current approach to early childcare and education has failed to deliver that affordable childcare and a supportive industry. When you look at the system in the round, what then of the sort of local childminder versus the professional commercial crash? Because one of the issues has been that to a large degree they are left slightly outside the formal net. They are left outside the formal net and that has challenges for them as individuals, but also for families. Because what we want is to have some kind of standardised level of care we need to feel as though we can, you know, trust the system that we're leaving our children with. As parents, yes, we choose careers. And, and career might not be the only reason, by the way, that people require childcare. There might be other caring, you know, roles that they need to provide for other family members. But when we are leaving our children, it's incredibly distressing. We, we want to feel as though we are leaving them in the care of people who have gone through an education system who are working towards common goals, who have systems in place where they're, you know, the, the level of childcare is being checked. And that's, that's why these facilities, this industry is so incredibly important. 
To return to uh, Karen Tech saying, welcome to the cost of doing business. If private childcare is not viable, then let it close and the state can take over. The state's role is not to make childcare profitable. I think there's this, you know, I think it's, we continually hear this mantra, you know, childcare should be of good quality and people should be able to be sustainable. It's, you know, it's not a Florence Nightingale role. It should be professionals carrying out something that is sustainable. And actually, if you look, you know, across the world to childcare systems that work, near enough to every childcare system is run privately but funded by the state, any good one. Even if you look to Sweden, if you look to the Netherlands, you're not able to develop a good, adequate childcare system by only relying on, you know, the government to step in. And our government doesn't have a great history of dealing with children. We're providing excellent services. We're professionals providing excellent services, and we should be able to do that sustainably. And we shouldn't have to feel guilty about doing it. One of the things good job. That's, that struck me as interesting in, in your submission, though, was that you say in the submission that you made that the you do exit interviews with all of the staff who have departed. And I think over the last year, you've had staff turnover in uh, the range of uh, 100 plus, if I have the numbers absolutely right. Yeah. And you said that in those interviews, oddly, it didn't seem that wages was a prime concern. There was issues like commuting, there was issues like personal health, all of those kind of, of concerns, well, but not so much wages. Well, no. So if you look at the figures there, I think it's 31 of our colleagues left and they left the sector. So when you're leaving the sector, you're leaving the sector because of pay. And I think there was another 24 odd that were leaving to go to better paying conditions elsewhere. Others are dealing, uh, the other main topics that were coming up were people on mat leave who just couldn't return to work because they can't afford the childcare with returning to work. Um, or the people with cost of commute. So it, it's all cost related. And when you're looking at an industry where, you know, where we have employment of about 380 colleagues and you're looking at a churn of about 30%, that says something. And we're a good employer that looks after colleagues, you know, and you're getting that churn. And again, when you get that churn, you're not having quality care because in order for children to develop properly, then we need to be able to have strong relationships with the adults that care for them. And when you have a continual churn like that, those children are not able to develop those relationships properly and they have a long-term effect on children's development. So again, to have quality education and care, which is what we should all be focused on as outcomes for children, we need the same people in the same roles and they need to be able to stay there. And that is absolutely around the cost. And it's absolutely the people who are dedicated. They've Now, everyone in the sector is trained and everyone is continually upskilling, but their wages are not reflective of that. And that is why they're leaving the sector because they're competing. We're competing with roles in administration that are paying higher. We're competing with non-skilled roles that are paid higher. And so they are just leaving there because they don't have a choice to stay in the sector. Can you explain one aspect of it, uh, Karen, because a number of texts are coming in questioning what seems to be a sort of a, a, an innate discord at the heart of this, uh, represented by one that says, it seems clear all the dysfunction comes from the state leaving it to the, mar- the market. How can it be that workers are so poorly paid, yet it is so expensive for parents to tear it up and start again and have it run by the state? Why that discord between the high cost and low pay? I think it's because the cost of running the service, the cost of provision of high quality childcare is very expensive. And so with that, you need to acknowledge that as the kind of base, that it is expensive to provide this care. And so then it's right, who's going to pay for it? Because we know to provide high quality care is an expensive task. So who's going to pay for it, parents or the state? And that's really the question that at hand. But this, our country is run on it. It's the majority of single site operators. No single site operators are making a fortune out of this. The margins are slim. You know, so if you pull at those margins even further, 
in a job where people are working, they're not working nine to five. Generally, managers that are operating their services are working in them. And then they're working four or five hours in the evening afterwards to keep up with the administrative you know, roles that come with this. And then if you pull at the very small margins that they're making, they just decide they're not going to do it anymore. It's not worth their while. Even if the state took over, the state can't run unsustainable services. There still has to be, you know, there has to be enough money in it to be able to keep this thing t- ticking. And it's at a stage where it's ready to fall over. Well, later I've worked in the sector for 21 years. It's never been like this. We're Pre-COVID, t- I never, ever closed a room. Indeed. I never, ever reduced hours. We're going to be talking later in the programme uh, about the, the end of term review for the Dáil and the current polling for Fine Gael. It'll be interesting to see how this plays into it because it's obviously a significant issue for parents and for wider families and the kind of issue that people express their views on at the ballot box. That was Karen Clinch, who's CEO of uh, Tigers Healthcare. She's also chairperson of Fingal County Council, or rather Fingal County Childcare Committee. And uh, before her as well, we spoke to Sinead O'Moore host of the Stretch Marks podcast. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.